Who's never heard me teach before in here? Anybody? Everybody's heard me? Good. I won't introduce myself then. I, I, I feel sometimes redundant when I tell everybody who I am, and y'all already know me. So, um, Anyway, uh, I, didn't, I haven't taught in three or four weeks, so um, a week or two ago I've been in prayer about what to teach on today. Um, we're, we kind of, me and Jeff kind of just go by the Holy Spirit. We don't, we don't use the same literature that the rest of the Sunday school departments are doing. I don't know why. I don't think we're trying to be uh, heathen or anything or rebels. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but we, we sometimes do go by a book and we'll, and we'll look at it and sometimes the Lord will, there'll be a scripture in there that we might just take a whole other direction in and we might kind of get back into that or get into a regular study. Uh, maybe on Genesis eventually, or, or who knows, like get on a uh, several weeks on the same subject. But anyway, as I was praying and, and talking with my wife, um, who's also a prophet, we, talk, we learned about the prophets Friday night, who, who could see of the lie the best. Um, it was pretty cool. You know, you know that game you play where you tell two truths and then one false thing about yourself? Um, so we played that game, and, and then um, you try to guess which one is not the truth. Um, so, you are a prophet, aren't you, Sonia? Did you? Are you a prophet? She's a prophet. Miss Janet's a prophet. My wife's kind of a prophet too. So, anyway, um, has nothing to do with the lesson. I don't know why I'm why I went there, but anyway, in prayer and in reading the Bible and, and talking with my wife, we we got on the subject of thorns, and so I said I felt the Holy Spirit leading me that direction to talk about thorns today, and I'm and I meant to clip a uh, thorn off of one of my rose bushes and bring it in today just as a little, um, whatever you call it, a visual tool. Um, it's, I have this rose bush on a sidewalk that goes around my house, and every time I'm, you know, it, it, you keep cutting it back and it grows even faster. Every time I'm going around there, it's, it's grabbing me. And it's kind of it's ironic, you know, that's kind of how thorns are sometimes. You try, to, you try to cut them back, you try to stay away from them, you, tr- you put on gloves, but sometimes you still get stuck with a thorn. So uh, we're going to talk about thorns today. Um, and, and before I get started, I, was, I want to ask a few questions. I like to ask questions, get you guys thinking in your head. It kind of helps you stay involved in, in the lesson. Um, if you're thinking about it at the same time that the teacher's talking about it. So you don't have to answer this out loud, but who in here has had thorns in their lives sometimes? You know, like a thorn in the flesh, something that just won't go away. You just feel it sticking you. That's one question. The next question is, who has had a thorn and maybe you felt like the Lord has removed it from you? Some people might can answer yes to that. Um, but thirdly, I wanted to say this, if you've never had, if you never can remember a thorn being in your life or, or, or being removed from your life, there may be a time where you have a thorn in, in your flesh coming up. And this is what really worried me about this lesson. I've really had a, a life that I feel has been very, very blessed, and I haven't had a whole lot of tragedy in my life. Uh, some of you in here have. Some of you in here are suffering through something right now. And so it kind of makes me scared that, you know, why did God bring this message to me? Is He trying to prepare me for a thorn in my flesh coming up in the future? Or he might, there might be a thorn coming up in one of y'all's lives' future, real soon, this week, tomorrow, and it, and it may linger for a long time. So, so this lesson today is for everybody. It's not for one particular person, and I don't know who it's for, but, but the Lord 
laid it on my heart for a reason. So we're going to look at a couple different types of thorns. I hope, I hope to cover um, several things, and I'll tell you the five things I want to cover. I don't know if I'll get a chance to in 25 minutes. I might. Depends on how quickly you know, we go through here. I, I, I was texting Jeff back. Me and Jeff were texting this morning each other, and, and he was reminding me what time that we need to let out so that we can go to care groups and all that. And I said, well, he said that'll give you 30, 35 minutes to teach. I said, well, I really have over probably an hour's worth of material. So I'm hoping that the Lord just brings out of my mouth what, what best 30 minutes or 25 minutes y'all need to hear. So anyway, thorns. I just, there's all kinds of definitions of thorns, but the, 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 the three or four words that describe it best to me were it's something that wounds, it's something that annoys and something that causes discomfort or pain. Um, the thorn, thorn or thorns is mentioned over 50 times in the Bible. Who knows when thorns were first mentioned in the Bible and why we have thorns on this earth? Does anybody remember? You know, there wasn't thorns when God created the, the heavens and the earth. You know, you don't, you don't see thorns in creation. That's right. Genesis chapter 3. I mean, they show up fast in the Bible. Genesis 3, 17 and 18. God's talking to Adam after he sinned and says this. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat, eat the herb of the field." Okay, so while I was studying this lesson and, and learning that thorns came about because of sin, I found it ironic. Some, somehow my mind was flashed forward to Christ being crucified. What kind of crown did he wear on the cross? A crown of thorns. So he had to take upon all the sin of man when he was crucified. I mean, it's, isn't, it, isn't it ironic? Thorns came about because of sin, and then he had to actually wear the thorns in his head? I mean, that's just... It's just a mental picture that I got during this study. It's, it's, really, it's really neat. Um, so anyway, here's the five things I hope to cover. I hope to cover why do we experience thorns in our lives? What are some different types of thorns? Where do thorns come from and who gets them? How should we react with thorns in our lives? And will the thorn be removed from our lives if we have one now? I may not get to all of them, but there's one that's real, one important area that I really want to cover because it's what matters the most. So open your Bibles real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I've had a cold this, all, this week, so hopefully my voice will uh, hold out pretty good. And I won't get one of those coughing spells. You know when your throat gets tickled and you just can't stop coughing? That's, that's what I've been uh, experiencing the last couple of days. Everybody ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to talk. We're going to look at Paul's thorn in the flesh. This is what's the most common story that we, that we read in the Bible when we, when we hear about thorns, uh, thorns in the flesh. I went back and listened to one of Pastor Johnny's uh, series. He had a series, um, Down But Not Out, I think, and he had three sermons in there. Storms, Thorns in the Cup. Has anybody, does anybody have that three-disc set? I don't know where I got it. You got it, David? That's a good, it's, a good, it's awesome. Anyway, I went back and listened to him preaching on thorns, and, and uh, he was fired up. So anyway, I'm trying to do a little bit different and not be a copycat, but um, I'm going to read the same scripture he read, okay? <laughs> 
Chapter 7, I mean verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Verse 8. Concerning these things, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, this is in red, this is Jesus speaking, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am meek, for when I am weak, did I say meek? I'm sorry. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So that's pretty pretty tough. I don't know if y'all caught a lot of the stuff Paul said. He was, he was going to boast in his infirmities. That's, that's pretty tough to do, isn't it? How many of you guys just jump up and down and sing hallelujah when you're suffering with something? I mean, it's, it's tough. That's hard to do. But there's a reason this is here in the Bible for us. Um, look at verse 7. We're going to break it down in a few verses here. And I'm going to, and I want to, I want to ask the, I want you all to see the answers to this first question that I covered when I said I want to cover five things. Why do we sometimes suffer with thorns in the flesh? Y'all might have that question. Why do we have to have thorns? Why do I have a thorn in the flesh? What is, what is, how can it be good? Let's look at verse seven again. All right. Paul says here he was given a thorn in the flesh by Satan so that he would not be exalted above measure. Um, we didn't, read, we didn't read the first seven verses, but, he, but Paul talks about how 14 years prior to this thorn in the flesh, he was able to... And he talks about himself in third person. He talks about himself as going to the, the third heaven or, or paradise and seeing Christ. He doesn't know if it was in body or if it, was in, if it was in a dream. He doesn't really... He can't explain it. It was supernatural. And y'all know... I, I said in one of the lessons that I taught previously that Paul wrote over half of the New Testament, half the books, over half the books in the New Testament. Do y'all realize that? That is a lot of the New Testament. Okay, so he has a lot to say. He's been given a lot of wisdom. And part of it is from Jesus himself. Do you remember when he first met Jesus when he was Saul? He met Jesus on the, on the Damascus Road and he was blinded for three days. He couldn't see for three days. His, his, his greatness was so bright. Um, or that might have been part of God's plan is for him to be blinded for three days where all he had to do was to, to think and listen and meditate. But he's been, he's been through a lot of experiences. So he's saying here, he, got this, he received this thorn, this thorn from a messenger of Satan so that he wouldn't be exalted above measure. And I, and I wrote down, what is, what is the measure of a man? What, I mean, what, was, what do you think he was talking about? Exalted above measure, above what he should have been exalted to. You know, a lot of times we kind of exalt ourselves or we'll exalt other people really above who they really are. You know, I got thinking about that uh, pride and humility. Um, and, and, and of course, Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, um, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So Paul's thinking here that he, got, he received this thorn in the flesh so that he wouldn't be exalted above measure. So in other words, his pride wouldn't run away with him. 
so he wouldn't be exalted higher than he really was. And who, and who are we, really? What, what do we really deserve in life? I mean, what, what, have we, what are we entitled to? You know, we hear that word entitlement a lot. What are we really entitled to? We're entitled to hell. <laughs> Y'all agree? I mean, we, haven't, we don't deserve anything. So we really, we really need to watch ourselves when we're, when we're trying to exalt ourselves or if somebody's trying to exalt us. We need, to, we, need to, we need to really remain humble. And that is a tough area, especially for men, you know. Um, I don't know why that is, but it is. Okay, I need to move on. Um, I, I wrote this. Maybe Christ allows thorns in our lives to keep us from a larger, possibly fatal injury to our life in our own Christian reputation or our character. You know, a lot of times there's been a lot of great men who's been used for Christ and they'll, they'll give way to temptation in their whole ministry or their, in their whole lives will just be ruined. Sometimes thorns are allowed to come into our lives to keep us in check. To say, hey, you know what? I better watch out. I'm no different than this other guy down the road, you know, who doesn't even claim to be a Christian. Um, I'm moving along pretty good without even reading my notes here. Um, okay, so I wrote several things as to why we sometimes suffer with thorns. I put because of pride, so that we are taught to have mercy on others. Anybody ever been critical of somebody else? Maybe something that their child did or something they did, and you're like, man, I can't believe they allowed that. I can't believe their child turned out to be like that. And then all of a sudden, you and your family or somebody in your family close to you, the same thing happened to them, and you're convicted right away like, man, I was judgmental. I shouldn't have been judgmental about that. So that might be another reason thorns come into our lives, so that we're taught to have mercy on others. Um, so that the Lord can be magnified in our life. That's, that's, I'm going to get to that in a minute. That's the ultimate reason. Or that's the ultimate way we should behave when we have thorns in our lives, so that Christ can be magnified in it. Um, Thorns are, are in our lives so that we ourselves can be, become more mature and wise Christians, that we can be used in a larger platform for the Lord, and so that others can come to Christ. Um, what, listen to this question. This is a good question. What is the value or price that we could, put, that we could place on one soul being saved from eternity in hell? What would y'all say is... is you can't, you can't put a value on it, can you? I mean, there's no, suff- there's no amount of suffering, there's no amount of, of loss, of health maybe. Um, Pastor Johnny talks about how he went through uh, his colon cancer, that the Lord trusted him with it for a reason. Now, he couldn't preach with the power of thorns or, or, or with things that he had that he preaches about if he doesn't go through them sometimes. You know, he, he, he thought maybe it was to mention, um, to witness to his Jewish doctor, okay? So then one Sunday, I, I probably said this in, in, in one time when I was teaching, but one Sunday he was just m- mere mentioning, mentioning that, that maybe he went through this so he could witness to his Jewish doctor, and there was a, an older Jewish lady in the, in the service that came forward and got saved. I mean, I don't know if, if, if his cancer was a thorn or if it was a trial, if it was... I don't know what it was classified in, in in God's eyes as he allowed it to happen. 
But nevertheless, good came out of it. You know, somebody was, was saved from eternity in hell or eternity in separation from, from God. Um, all right, I'm going to move along. Number two question I want to ask is, what are some different types of thorns? Um, when you look at the thorn in the flesh that Paul had, you know, a lot of people speculate on what kind of thorn it was. All right? They said as a thorn in the flesh, he, he mentioned it as a thorn in the flesh, probably so that we would know that it was something physical. It was something that caused pain. It was something that caused discomfort. Um, there's many scholars who believe it was all kinds of things. No, it doesn't mention it here. Um, some, some people think that it was, it was a vision problem. Um, I have a study Bible I was reading, and it actually mentioned it in the bottom. It wasn't quoting any, any, any scholar. It was just saying that they, they thought it was a vision problem. And if you think about it, when he met Jesus, he was blinded for three days. He could have had some kind of long-term eye problem from that. Um, one interesting thing, John MacArthur thinks that it could have been a spiritual, spiritual battle. Uh, he's, 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 he's in Corinthians here, and there was these deceivers in Corinthians. You know, that um, revival's taking, taking place, all right? Revival's taking place, and there's people who don't like it. And so they're trying to deceive the, the church members, so to speak. They're, they're trying to, to, to take them, you know, tempt them with things. Um, so John MacArthur thinks that maybe this thorn in the flesh was these deceivers that kept trying to... You know, there's a battle going on between, between God and the devil, and, and Paul's the messenger, and he sees the world drawing these people away. So, so some people might think it was that. Um, there could, some people think that Paul had a, had a thorn in the flesh that it was a, a, a mind issue, something that he struggled with in his mind, a temptation. You know, we have that a lot, a struggle in our mind. There's, there's something that we keep going back to, and you're like, man, I thought I, was, I, thought I got victory over it. You know? I prayed, and I fasted, and I, and I, and I repented, and I, and I thought I had victory over it, and then a month later, here it comes again. You know, it's a nagging, it's nagging, it's, it's always, it's, it comes back, you think it's gone, and here it comes again. Um, you know, in Matthew, it talks about how when the sower, the, the, the parable of the sower, there's, there was some seed that, that was thrown, and, and it sprung up quickly, but then the thorns came and choked it out, like the cares of this world. Sometimes we have a thorn in our flesh every day because we have cares of this world. Does anybody ever, anybody here ever wonder why you can't have that close relationship with the Lord like you really desire or that you once had? Has there ever been a time you were closer to the Lord than you are right now? I mean, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough question. I heard somebody say that one time. Is, if there's ever been a time you've been closer to the Lord than you are right now, then you're backslidden. Just asking questions. I don't know that it's fact. I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because you've kind of slid back from where you were at one time. But the cares of this world will make you do that. That's what chokes out the relationship with you and Christ, the cares of this world. Do we want to keep one foot way over here in the world and then have one foot you know, in a relationship with Christ? Um, the cares of this world will, will really divide you. It'll make you be lukewarm. And you know what lukewarm, lukewarmness does to, to God. He, he, he doesn't like it. It makes him sick. Um, I really want to move on to, uh, I got 10 minutes. I want to get to the most important thing. Um, I'm just going to cover this quickly. Where do thorns come from? 
Anybody got any answers to that? Where do you think thorns come from? We read it in this scripture where this one came from. That's right. From Satan. And God allowed it. I, I, I got up this morning and started reading in Job. And, and before I knew it, I was in like the 10th chapter. I mean, it was just like, it's very interesting. Y'all to read Job. Um, I, I, the lesson isn't on Job, but Job 2.7 says this. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now this is after Job lost everything, okay? He was like the wealthiest man in the land at this time. He had like thousands of cattle. Um, you, you can read in there what all he had. And he had ten kids. And all of it was taken away. Like, like that. He was in a different place. And one messenger came running and told him, Hey, some people came and you know, torched the place and stole all your, your animals. And before he could finish telling what all happened, another messenger came and said, the strong wind came and destroyed this house. And he had all 10 kids eaten together in one place and they were all wiped out and dead. And then another messenger came and said, you lost all your, your goats. And then, you know, so here, this, after this happened, so Satan went out, because Satan, Satan was having this conversation with the Lord on a couple times. This is the second time Satan comes back and, and he's talking with God. And so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job. This is verse 2-7. Two, two, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. This is after he lost everything. Um, you know, I don't know that that's a thorn either, but, but Satan has a lot of power, especially on this earth. You know, he's the prince of this world, Okay. He's walking to and fro. If you read that in Job, Jesus says, Where have you, you know, what, what are you up to? What have you been doing? He said he's walking to and fro on the face of this earth. He never says he's standing still. You know, he's seeking, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Um, I had this question in my head. Do you think, is there anything that we can do sometimes that we could do to avoid getting a thorn? I was thinking about it. If Paul's thorn was because of pride or to keep pride from being puffed up, I was thinking, hey, maybe if we just become, you know, absolutely humble, I mean, like dirt, you know, um, just totally obedient to Christ, try to do everything we can in his will every single day. Can we avoid, avoid some thorns, you think? I don't know. <laughs> we can put gloves on sometimes, right? When we're going to trim the, the thorns, the thorn bush. And we can avoid getting st stuck by them sometimes. But then sometimes, you know, you stick your hand in there further and you'll get one in your arm or somewhere else. But I just had that thought. I mean, is there something we can do to avoid thorns? I don't know that there is. Job 1.1 says, if you read Job 1.1, Job was almost perfect. He was almost perfect. Well, the King James Version says he was a perfect man, but we know that there's nobody that's perfect like Jesus was. But he was blameless. Nobody could find one speck of dirt on this man, and look what happened to him. What about Paul? I mean, wrote over half the books in the New Testament. He's, he's the started, I mean, the, this whole movement. We're, we're, we're meeting here today in Sunday school, 
Probably from some of Paul's works. I mean, because of what he's done. But yet he had thorns. So I don't know the answer to that question. But I think we might can do some things to avoid some, th- some thorns, but we can't avoid them totally. Okay, the most important part of the lesson, how should we react with the thorns in our lives? Have you guys ever seen anybody get a thorn or go through, or go through something and they just quit? They just turn bitter. They said, I'm not going to church anymore. I don't know why God allowed this in my life. Um, you know, every kind of excuse you can think of, it happens. Y'all might have been there one time mentally in your head. Um, it's tough to struggle with something for a long period of time. And, and like I said early on, I've, I've been blessed. Um, and you can still be blessed with a thorn. I don't want to say I've been blessed without having a thorn. Because you can be blessed with a thorn. But what I'm saying is I haven't had to go through any physical affliction that's really bothered me for a long period of time. I know a lot of people may, in here may have. Some of you may be going through something right now. I don't want to sound insensitive or, or that I don't care. So how should we react with thorns in our lives? Verse 8 says this. Paul said this after he said he was, had the thorn. So that he could be, so he wouldn't be exalted above above measure. Verse eight says, "Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me." Okay, who else pleaded with the Lord three times about something? Jonah. He might have. I have. I don't recall how many times he pleaded with the Lord not to go to that city, but Jesus Himself, let this cup pass from me, Lord. If it's Your will, let this cup pass from me. He said the same thing three times, over and over and over again. Three times. <laughs> Maybe I said that four times. But anyway, one of the purposes for thorns is to, 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 for prayer. Um, in my studies, we, it, it's, it's to lead us to prayer. Um, he besought the Lord means he pleaded with him. He asked three times, as did Jesus in the garden. If you let this cup pass from me, you know, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. So that's one of the things how we should respond when thorns in our lives. We need to be in prayer to the Lord about it. You know, if it be your will, if it's not your will, what, you know, what would you have me learn? What, what would, how can you be magnified through this? Um, this is pretty strong. Look at verse nine. Here's another thing Paul says. And we have to, we have to know that this was pretty, an ag- a pretty agonizing thorn, pretty discomforting. If he pleaded with the Lord three times on it. I mean, when's the last time we pleaded to the Lord for something? Over and over again, because it bothered us so much. And Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. How should we respond when we have thorns in our lives? We We need to know God. We need to know who God is and what his purpose is. It'll help us so much to respond correctly. A lot of people who... The first sign of trouble, you see them bolt out the door. They don't know who God is. They don't know who God is and what God's plan is. So Paul, after Jesus says to him, Paul says this, Most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ rests on me. When I read that, I ran across this. The words are interesting. You ever just read scripture, study it? And just one little word. So Paul says, I'll boast proudly so that the power of Christ may rest on me. 
That word rest just jumped off the page to me. The power of Christ rests on me. Has anybody ever had, you know, just those great Holy Spirit times when you're at the church and you just feel the Holy Spirit there and you feel like you're on fire for Christ? And then in a day or two it's gone. Then it comes back a week or two later, a month later, a year later. And then it goes away again. That's like the power of Christ, you know, it's coming and going. Paul says, so while he's got this thorn, he's, he's hoping that the power of Christ rests on him. So, my, so the answer to, one of the answers to how should I respond with a thorn in my life, if you think about this, that thorn is there maybe as a reminder that the power of Christ is there also. Pastor Johnny made mention in Jerusalem where, where the Jews are at the, the wailing wall and they're, and they're rocking back and forth all the time. And, and a lot of people always wondered why they're walking, rocking back and forth and they have the Torah there. And, and the reason why is if they're, the rocking keeps them concentrated on the Scriptures. Okay? If they sit still, their mind might wander. Um, they might get distracted by other people. But it keeps them focused on the Scripture. So here Paul's saying this thorn is keeping him focused on what Christ is trying to do in his life. It's, it's the power, so the power of Christ may rest on me. Um, 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to read that right now. Romans 8.28, listen to this verse. Y'all have heard this verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose. My question in this verse is, do we really believe this verse? We've all heard that verse, haven't you? But when you get a thorn or you go through a trial, or do you remember that verse? Or do you believe it? Do you know it? Now, if you can believe it and know it, truly believe it, okay? If you can memorize this verse, which the Bible talks about hiding the Word of God in your heart, once you memorize something and hide it in your heart, it becomes a part of you, okay? This helps you when times of trouble come. You don't, you don't panic. You don't start running. You don't start freaking out because you know what the Lord, that the Lord's in control. All things work together for good to those who love God and to, and to those who are called according to His purpose. Even thorns can work together for good. Um, all right, it's time for me to quit already. Well, I was going to talk about some other things, um, but the main thing, you know, I don't know if anybody in here is struggling with thorns or not. I want to read this verse if you are struggling with some, if you, if you come in contact with somebody who is, or if you get some in the future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So thorns... Thorns are, are meant to be in our lives for um, several reasons that I mentioned today. Um, I just wanted to bring up one thing. In reading Job this morning, and if you have a thorn, this kind of fits together as I close. I was reading through Job, and there's 42 chapters, and, at, and 40, by 40 or 41, God restores Job and blesses him twice what he had before. He has 10 more kids. But one thing interesting I, I ran across at the end of Job is Psalms, Psalms 1, Psalms 1-1. And Psalms 1-1 says this, 
Uh, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And it goes on and on. But what my point is this. If you get a thorn or you have a problem, don't seek counsel from ungodly people. I thought it was very interesting how Job, you hear how all his friends responded. You hear how his wife responded. The very next verse after that, cha- after that chapter talks about seeking. You know, blessed is the man who, seek, who, who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So that means you're blessed if you will walk in the counsel of the godly. Okay, if, if it means you're not blessed if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, that means you are blessed if you walk in the counsel of the godly. So if you're suffering with a thorn today, or if you, come up, if you get one stuck in your finger this week, and you need help, seek counsel from godly people. Um, that's all I got. Let's, let's dismiss in prayer. We'll go to care groups. And, and, and y'all remember, please let everybody out of your care groups. 1045 at the latest. I think they want us picking up kids at 1045. Okay, by 1050. Give everybody five minutes to get to their class. Y'all, y'all remember that when you're running into people on the way to and fro. that You need to get there. Be respectful of those workers. Thank you so much. Y'all listen so well. I hope that um, God will recall something that we talked about in your mind this week as you need it when you need it the most. Uh, thank you so much. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Um, even though it's cloudy and misty and rainy, Lord, your earth needs to be watered, Lord, so that it can have growth. Lord, we praise you for the moisture today. Lord, when the several days go by and it doesn't rain, we're praying for rain, and then we complain when we get it. And Lord, just help us to be grateful in all things, Lord, and help us to always remember this is the day that, that you've made. Lord, we love you. I thank you so much for teaching me so many things in this lesson. Lord, I pray that your word, I know that your word will not return void, Lord, but I pray that your word helps somebody, at least one person in here today that may be struggling with something or that may come in contact with something this week that that they can fall back on what they've already learned. Lord, you give us what we need before we need it. Lord, and I thank you for that. We pray today you'll be a pastor as he preaches again in a moment. I pray that there's somebody under the sound of his voice that is not saved, that today will be the day that changes their life for eternity. We ask all these things in in Jesus' name. Amen.